0: Bible buds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: So excited to uh to do this with you. Thank you. Um, I don't know if you even have any idea what, what Andrew and I are have been doing with this uh this podcast.
1: I don't. I'd love to hear.
0: Um so both of us grew up going to church and Andrew maybe a little more deep into it. Yeah, I was fair. pretty
2: I was pretty pretty religious until I was about 20. And then I for me I had sort of a crisis of faith where I decided I couldn't be religious anymore and I didn't know what I believed. And I tried on all kinds of different shoes and hats in terms of spirituality and and what have you. I never really Could vibe with like, you know, I never went the full atheist route because that just didn't seem to make sense to me. And also just seemed not very interesting way to live your life. Um, And I've had a lot of, you know, I guess God experiences or mystical experiences. So I just, there was no way for me to reconcile those experiences with an idea of like, well, there is, there's nothing else than what I can just see. Um, So... Yeah, I, I spent years sort of stumbling around in the dark, so to speak, and then eventually sort of came back to home base. I don't know that I would consider myself, well, I wouldn't consider myself a Christian, but I do really enjoy the teachings of Jesus um, and other spiritual teachers, a la, you know, Richard Rohr or Rob Bell or um, Peter Rollins or like some, you know, some christian mystic types and philosophers like i really like the way that they filter jesus's teachings. so yeah that i realized that christianity was sort of a spiritual home base for me and i decided to uh not be so afraid to continue to explore the teachings of jesus and um yeah that's sort of where where we're at and so dan if you want to use that as a springboard to sort of talk about what we've been doing yeah i mean to
0: you i think we similarly align in that in that um we're both very interested in those core teachings and the the more mystical side of things and also uh i don't know just don't necessarily feel a need to align with a specific group or religion but are very uh interested in those conversations and bettering ourselves and seeing what we can pull from the, uh, the teachings. And I personally, Andrew's had way more, um, experience with going through the Bible and learning things where I feel or felt up until doing this pretty unfamiliar with the Bible itself. I had never really, uh, gone through it so much. So I've, I've kind of had a fresh lens to come at it as an adult. And it is nice because I think what we've been trying to do is, is not necessarily poke holes in the book because that can sometimes be easy to do, I think. Um, but we're just trying to see what good we can pull from it and kind of explore maybe those, those moments in the Bible where things people twist it and distort it into something that is not Christ-like at all. So it started off as just us kind of doing a Bible study. And we're, you know, we're going through the different parts of the Bible. Right now, Andrew and I, we're going through Acts. We're almost finished with Acts, but we've done, we started off with with Matthew and went through the entire book of Matthew. And uh, since then, we started inviting some people on that either have a similar experience to us where they grew up in the church and maybe have diverted from it but still have some spiritual alignment to we've had a lot of mormon guests on that are still in the church um, we've had andrew's friend wally who's a muslim we just had andrew's friend um Stephen, who's a who's a jewish man like we, we're just really yeah. trying to
2: live is essentially
0: buddhist yeah we're just really trying to Get the full scope and and see where things overlap and really really trying to understand people's experiences and and how we can relate to those. But I really wanted to. I think from the beginning, I've I've really wanted to have you on on this because, um, yeah. I think I think that you are someone to me who really gets the message and you have uh I don't know you've been an incredibly positive force in my life and I think you exemplify like the purest form of love to me and well,
1: thank you Dan I wow
0: I wrote down these things a while back Uh-huh just like this list of things when I when I think about my grandma Winnie Oh my
1: <laughs> and I put
0: pure presence Adventurous, seeker, ability to see the light in everyone, uplifting, free thinker, morning rituals, and God is love. (laughs) Thank you.
1: I wish I could be all that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you
0: have you have been to me, and like I think you're a really, whether you know it or not, you're a big inspiration of like why I'm even doing this podcast and exploring these things and wanting to have these conversations with people and wanting to connect with people in this way that that want to also wonderful so i guess what we we would like to do is just uh maybe if you could start off by telling us how you as a devout catholic my entire life just kind of how you came to the church we can maybe, maybe start there and, and just talk about your, your evolution and, and we'll kind of piece together how you got to where you are now.
1: Thank you. Uh, I'm, a uh, Catholic who was baptized at five weeks mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. and, uh, raised in the church. Um, I have had, uh, the opportunity through the years to serve in the church and each one of those services called for training. Mm -hmm. And I have had a tremendous uh, opportunity to to be taught Mm -hmm. by the best in the Catholic Church and um I find that the church is so much bigger than most people know. Sure. Those people who have left the church uh left for good reason? Sure. We were um narrow and demanding and uh when I, when I was growing up it was You just, you just pay and obey.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I think a lot of people that do end up leaving the church, whether that's the Catholic church or the whatever, I mean, they're leaving it from a sort of, um, from the perspective that they had sort of as a child, which is like, well, you're just telling me what to think. Yeah. And you're, and you know, as you become an adult, you need to, uh, you, you got to evolve. Yes. Um, and so if you feel like the church can't evolve with you, then you feel like you leave it behind. But like a lot of things in life, there's there's layers. Yeah. And the Catholic Church in particular uh, seems to be w- more willing than uh, a lot of people realize to sort of evolve over time and start to incorporate new things that the world has presented. Um, and, you know, does leave enough room for mystery Obviously, if you have someone like Richard Rohr yes. as you know yes. a, a key Catholic teacher, so
1: well, one of the key things in the Catholic Church was Vatican II that came on in the '60s and turned the church upside down mm-hmm. and scared a lot of people. There was such so many changes that people, some people left because they couldn't handle it, and and we all grew in this idea that the church should be open and welcoming and listening and learning.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, Vatican II still is not understood by most Catholics. They, as you said, they have their understanding of what it was when they were a child. Even now, Vatican II is not taught to the children. It the, <laughs> So most people do not know the extent that Vatican II went to. And at this point, there are people trying to go
2: back. Right. Well, that they and, don't
1: want to live Vatican <laughs> that's II. Ha-
2: that's no. happening in in lots of different uh, areas of our world right now. It's happening in American politics of people trying to go back, so to oh, speak. It, oh, it's
1: such a crime.
2: To Yeah, some regressive version of something. But
1: what is one of the most fundamental things in Vatican II that means so much to me is Vatican II states that our conscience is primary. It's supreme. Mm
3: -hmm. So
1: if the Pope says, you are not allowed to use birth control as an example, well, you as a Catholic listen to that, pray about it, study, talk to other people, and if you come up to the... um, Decision that birth control is what you need to do. To be with your conscience, you're free to do it.
2: Right. You're not breaking some uh, like staunch religious um, like law or commandment. There is none. Right. There is between you. It's between you and God. Absolutely.
1: And And most Catholics don't know that.
2: Well, I think a lot of people like. Uh, as is evidenced by our current political state, a lot of people tend. There are there are certain personality types that tend towards authoritarianism and want to they be. They appreciate that. They like the strict. And I tell you, it's a
1: lot harder. It was harder for me to make that decision
3: mm-hmm.
1: on my own and say I'm good with God. That was a hard process. I even. I, I went through that process. Right.
2: Pray and obey is simple. Yeah. It's like okay, the, yeah. I show up to church.
1: And I thought, uh oh, do I have to go to confession and tell Father what I'm doing? <laughs> oh no, you don't get it.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no, you don't.
3: Right. Right.
4: Right.
1: <laughs> so uh, I I feel very strongly about Catholics taking responsibility for their own spirituality and uh, the I said there is no law. There is law. It's the law of love. Mm -hmm. That's the law. Jesus said, love God, love your neighbor, covers it all.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And so, uh, that's what we as humanity should be about, whether it's from this church or no church, or... Uh, this philosophy It all comes down to love And uh, It's the hardest thing to do To love everyone <laughs> To care about everyone mm-hmm.
2: uh, yeah, To serve others
1: To serve others Is what we're about Yeah But it mm-hmm. It's asking a lot And I keep Feeling that I'm not quite making it but I'm trying.
2: Sure. Which is yeah. the most important part. Yeah. yeah.
1: You keep trying.
2: It's
0: hard to uh either Andrew and I have talked about this a lot on the podcast just uh finding the ability to show compassion and love for the people that you don't understand because right. it's easy to do it, you know, with someone like you. It's,
1: Absolutely. It's so easy
0: to to Feel yeah. the love and want to give that love back, but when you don't understand or identify with somebody, that's when it becomes difficult.
1: Yes, and we we all know that. But I I think also it's uh, difficult to live love with the person you're living with. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, and that's basic. Yeah. Uh, you... here I I am married. And that's, I'm, uh, I'm vowed to, to, uh, to love my husband. And that is the hardest thing for me. Sure. You know, it's just like, it, it's not easy to be good.
2: <laughs> no. Well, in is you know, I've never it's been married. So hard. but I've been in long-term relationships. And, um, yeah, even as a young man, you you just get to a place with people sometimes where you're like, just, if you... Say that one more yeah. time. <laughs> if you scratch your face in that way another time, I think I might throw a pillow at you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah I just yeah, can't, exactly. you know, it's just, and it's funny. Are you familiar with the concept of Young's concept of the shadow? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Carl Jung said, uh, this is like a loose quote. It's not, it's not exact, but something along the lines of, you know, that which we, despise in others we most despise in ourselves right
1: exactly um,
2: and I think that's a really hard thing for people to sit with and integrate but it is true to a degree and I think can be seen a lot in like your close relationships the things that people are doing that really bother you are things that you have in yourself that you have not addressed yet
1: I had a, a experience this week um, I was getting so upset with my husband we are old, and he is old, and he's driving me crazy because <laughs> he can't hear, he can't remember. What? He... <laughs> 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 and uh, I thought, Winnie, you are old. Right. What are the things that you are doing mm. that's driving him crazy because <laughs> I'm old? You know, it, it's just... right. It, Every stage of your life presents um, things that are difficult for you to... Yeah, new
2: challenges to overcome. Yeah, exactly. And that's a beautiful way to sort of flip the script of like, okay, I'm very focused on... I'm very focused outwardly right now. Uh, What about me, though? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not perfect. No, no.
1: What am I doing that's driving him crazy? Yeah. And it kind of... But uh, the, well, the, find the the challenge is the right? Yeah, it's the challenge it. is the people you're living with. I think.
2: Mm, interesting. <laughs> Let's back up a little bit and tell us a little bit about sort of your journey as a Catholic and how you move from, you know, at what point in your life and sort of what triggers this this movement from sort of standard pray and obey, show up to church, give author, you know, give your offerings like just, you know, this sort of standard basic boilerplate spirituality to something much deeper, uh, you know, like what Richard Rohr would call the sort of the second half of life. Right, what, right. What, what happened? Was there was there a life event? Like what, what sort of triggers that, and, and what was the inner transformation like for you as you started to— It was not to...
1: a life event. It was uh, continuing to study and to uh, uh, be taught. By the best leaders, they were in the Los Angeles Archdiocese, Mm -hmm. Uh, I went through a year of theology and a year of um, uh, practice for uh, becoming a pastoral minister Mm -hmm. in the Catholic Church. Now, isn't that amazing that that even exists?
2: Sure. Oh,
1: my goodness. So... And you have to apply, and you have to be vetted, and all that. But I, I was accepted, and and we wrote, uh, we read, and we wrote papers, and we listened to the the best people that the diocese of Los Angeles could bring to us, and they were all advanced thinkers. Nobody was, let's go back, let's mm-hmm. go forward, mm. and so I. It, it was a gift that I was able to do that. Yeah. And then uh, I have been. I have done probably five or six ministries in the Catholic Church, and each one I prepared and trained for. But the one that I'm most excited about is uh, the right of. RCI Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults mm-hmm. so if an adult decided, oh I want to look into the Catholic Church and see if I want to be a member uh, that is a beautiful process and I am a team member in that and I am still so I love that where people come and ask their questions and We explain what it means to be Catholic, including (laughs) free conscience and (laughs) yeah. People people have trouble in the Catholic Church about saints and the Blessed Mother. They're just friends.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: That's all. They happen to be dead, but they're
0: friends. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're such a great person for that, too, because you've always kind of. I don't know. I just feel like you you've never. You always seem to like really understand that it's about the the personal journey, yes, the personal relationship. I have never I really honestly feel like in all the years I've known you and the amount of time I've got to spend with you, I don't think you've ever told me you need to do this with, with anything. I feel like you've only told me that I need to like follow my heart and what is inside. There's never been, you need to do it this way, Dan, or
2: where you need to believe this. Do you feel like, um, I think this is something that a lot of people get hung up on when it comes to any religion. Um, but Catholicism included is this notion of like, these are the, these are the things that you must believe um
1: okay i'll tell you what you must believe sure besides the um love right in order to be catholic you must believe in the trinity that there's god the father his son jesus and the holy spirit Mm -hmm. and if you can't go there you you can't be baptized. Sure, you're baptized into the Trinity. We are a Trinitarian church, and and we believe that.
2: Sure, but and the Trinity you, is so it's so mysterious. I mean, I how know. would you how to someone who has you know is from tribal Amazon uh, whatever, like has no notion of any of this? How do, how do you describe the Trinity? To, to someone with without basic knowledge of, you know, who Jesus was and, and what he did.
1: <laughs> I'm going to make you laugh. Richard Rohr wrote a whole book on the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, the title was, Dance was in the title. I can't remember. It, it, it's about, well, maybe five or six years ago he wrote it. I read this and I thought, Yes, <laughs> I am going to do a day retreat on it. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Can you imagine? Who you know, trying to explain the Trinity. You're right. Yeah, you. It's it's mystical. It's right. a and mystery.
2: It's so, sort of something like God itself. Something that's sort of felt more than known intellectually. Yeah
1: how can how can you understand that? So, uh, uh, many people believe in God, the Creator. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy for it to start there with God the Father. And then that he sent his son. And the Holy Spirit is the love between them.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, it's impossible to explain, but...
2: Sure. (laughs) Well, I always try to think of... um I, you know, I, tr- I try to find metaphors to try to understand things. Like if we were going to try to describe the Holy Trinity from the perspective of just like the human body, could we say that, you know, God, the creator is consciousness or maybe is is breath? And then, you know, the, the mind is the... Let's say consciousness is sort of the creator. The mind is... Is the Son and the Holy Spirit just the soul that binds it together or something like that? I mean, Mm -hmm. do you have any good metaphors that you've, uh, you know, held in your mind that sort of help explain it?
1: When we do explain it, uh, we do use passages from Scripture, God creating the world. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And and, uh, it does say in the New Testament that Jesus is God's Son. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit. Throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, He's the breath. Right. Yeah. So, um, of course, when people are uh, asking and open, it it's it's a gift of receiving. Uh, as you said something you just intuit something sure well
2: what i actually i really like that notion of maybe that's a better metaphor of you know god the creator sort of being like consciousness soul whatever you want to call it the sun being your body and then the holy spirit being the breath yeah which is something that everybody is encountering constantly yeah and it's not until you realize that you are encounter it's right there in front of you you can't You can't divorce yourself from it if you wanted to. Right. So it's just ends up, it's just you recognizing that it is with you in the present moment at all times. Just like breathing.
1: Yeah, right, right.
2: Right. I like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Was it a, what was it like growing up? in the powers house grandma like what were you was it a pretty
2: rigid <laughs> okay. catholic house or, this fun. Were you, or did you This fun where did you grow what geographically where did you grow up
1: i grew up uh well we traveled i was uh, an army brat okay because i was born in
4: 1938
1: sure and uh 41 the war started mm-hmm. second world war and my father was in um the transportation corps Mm-hmm. And so we traveled around at, when I was little, and by the time I was nine, we were settled in Southern California. So I, I had a wonderful experience traveling, and the, the military was entirely different than it is now. Mm-hmm. People were so proud, and 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 and. Uh, uh, revered those people who were in the service in the Second World War mm-hmm. and uh, my parents loved the moving around and, and base to base and uh, it was a good experience but when we settled in uh, Southern California uh, I was nine and of course everything had been wait a minute I was, no, I wasn't nine. Ooh. I was only seven, and everything had been mixed up. I, uh, my schooling was all messed up. I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to read, and I was supposed to be in second grade. Right. (laughs) And, uh, I had not made my first communion, and everything was, but. Got settled, and um, I re- I went, uh, went in first grade when I was supposed to be second grade, and, and then I caught up. And by the time it was nine, when I made my first communion, got settled in a parish, and mm-hmm. and uh, I'd like to get back to that. But your question was, what kind of house was this?
0: I guess I just meant more, from uh, the standpoint. Like, were your
1: what, parents, parents were,
0: devout okay. That's what I was going to get back
1: to. My mother was the original free thinker, and she never bought that she should do what she was told in the church. Mm-hmm. She always did what she thought was right. Sure. And my father was the exact opposite. He's just, you know, so... But my father was my father was a happy Irishman. He wasn't strict or mean or anything about it. But uh, he made us get down on our knees and say the rosary every night. Mm-hmm. We hated it, absolutely hated it, including my mother. Oh no! <laughs> but for fifteen minutes we did it, and uh, I I always my mo- my mother was wonderful in thinking things through and so when it came time when I was an adult to see that we were supposed to be using our own conscience it made so much sense that's uh. what my mother was like but uh uh my father was religious and my mother was well
2: <laughs> curious maybe
1: but we uh, we we Went to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I went to Catholic school. Uh, I went to public school until sixth grade. Then, in the sixth grade, we changed to um, Catholic school because my mother was afraid of san fernando junior high she was afraid that it was too rough for her little girl
3: Mm -hmm.
1: so that's why that was the only reason i went to catholic school is not to go to that public school
0: (laughs) that's that's still a thing that happens with a lot of kids i feel like
1: but i would if you don't mind i'd like to get back to the uh first communion oh yeah i was older i was nine I understood what this was about, and I had a spiritual experience at my first communion. I knew that I was different, and that I had received the Lord. And and not just at the time, but during that afternoon, I'm outside, and I'm thinking, oh. And I thought, does everybody feel this way? And I kind of knew they didn't. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow. And then when I went to Catholic school in the sixth grade, I went to Mass every day. And the reason that I am so excited about being Catholic is Eucharist. It's always been my focus. And uh, Eucharist is real for me. Mm-hmm. I I believe it, it's the true body and blood of Christ he said I want you to receive me and do this and I believe that and Eucharist is my center and it started when I was nine and then when I was in sixth grade it cemented and I learned what the mass was about and for most of my life i've gone to daily mass or uh as much as I could so that's that's what Catholic is for me is Eucharist,
0: yeah, that stuff really keeps you in yeah. tune and and clear minded with that yes yeah, yeah we're it it was uh it was nice getting to talk to Andrew's friend Wally, who's a Muslim, and he was talking about that um just how how important it is for you know the daily prayers those five times a day where you're you're purifying yourself you know it seems like maybe you you have like a similar feeling about receiving that that eucharist every day and going to that daily mass
1: yes but i also think that it's really really important to have your private time praying Mm
4: mm-hmm
1: Uh, and so if I can't go to mass or don't go to mass or there's a circumstances that, uh, 40 minutes or so in the morning when I first get up, that is critical. Yeah. And that actually, uh, it's a strange thing to say, but it is, seems to be more critical to be grounded in that quiet time.
0: Yeah. Would you say that's, that's kind of like your, your form of meditation in yes. some ways? Yes. Cause I know that about you, how important that morning time is to you. And that's like, that's why I wrote that down on that list of thing that grandma has her, her morning rituals. And that, that seems to be this thing that could make or break the day and if if you don't get to do it first thing in the morning then it's uh it's not the right thing
1: funny thing it it rarely doesn't happen but once it didn't happen a couple of years back and and my husband said andrew said what's wrong with you today and i said i didn't have my prayer time he said Go. <laughs> you must. <laughs>
0: so I can't
1: handle it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think that's so cool, though, because uh, I don't know. I've tried to do the morning thing. I haven't quite gotten there, but I think so many people just wake up with just enough time to get their day started. And you're immediately in work or you're immediately in school and never really take that time to find and, that alignment time.
1: And you feel like you're scrambling all day.
2: Yeah, that's something I've been trying to I, So I used to do morning ritual um, For like a year and a half I was really solid with it I'd wake up every day, I'd meditate I would do Tibetan rites, which is basically just like yoga yeah. So I'd move my body a little bit Yeah. Um, and, you know, I would like put something healthy in my body And then I would just sort of like sit for 10 minutes And if I wanted to play guitar or I wanted to read or That was my time to do whatever And then I would start my day and then I sort of lost it. And then, you know, every time I try to go back to having a morning ritual, it's like I have too many things that I'm telling myself I need to do. Like you need to wake up. You got to meditate. You got to do some form of exercise. You got to do this. You got to read. You got to journal. <laughs> you got to blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, so I do it for five days and I'm like, that's too much. And I freak out and I, and I lose it. And I, now I'm like, maybe you just need to wake up and you need to, you know, for the first 45 minutes that you're awake. You don't look at your phone. Uh, Maybe you journal. Maybe you read. Maybe you meditate. Maybe you pray. Whatever it is, just do something that is wholesome for you and is going to start your day off right. Uh, And then maybe I can find what that thing is for me and and stick to it. But um, yeah, I think I've put too much pressure on myself in the past to have this grand morning routine that i'm going to stick to every day and then the reality is is that i'm just not disciplined enough to do that so yeah yeah is your morning to morning pretty different or,
0: or do you kind of have a steady regimen of what you like to do every morning i
1: have regimen. and i that helps me because otherwise uh, I'm I'm not one of those beautiful people that can sit and meditate and not think about anything. I'm, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use a, a book that does um, the psalms. I don't know if you're familiar with um, the office that a priest does. They have an office that they're required to do. Mm-hmm. And it's the Psalms, and uh, if you went to Mount Angel, the um, uh, Benedictines there sing the Psalms uh, four times a day. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a smaller version of it in the book that I use. So I begin with the Psalms that the priests are doing that day, and. Then it goes into um, something about uh, a person who has spent their life well. Doesn't have to be a saint, but very uh, good people with it, doing what what we what we'd all. Some it would be wonderful to do something great. <laughs> when you're reading about these people who are doing beautiful things, and then it also has uh, the scriptures from the daily mass, and I love to do that because if you're, I would I do that even when I go to mass because I've already read the scriptures, and I can think about what that is for me. And there is, in this particular book, which I use, there is a reflection on the scripture. So all that, uh, I like to do that, but not in a hurry. And just kind of, if there's a a psalm or a phrase that speaks to me, then I just spend time with it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. And it takes about 40 minutes to an hour. And I love it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do it every day, right? So. Every day. Yeah. Is is
0: there any uh, daily decompression at the end of, at the end of the day that you like to no, participate in? I'm
1: terrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or maybe- oh my god,
1: I I have been through the Jesuit uh, um, exercises,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and Jesuits have a procedure. I have been told, you should do this, Winnie. And it is uh, an examination of conscience to look through the day and say, wow, this didn't go so well, but this did go well, and just kind of put it together and make a plan for the next day. I know about that. I do not do it. I go to bed. I'm so tired. That's not, I don't even say night prayers. I don't even say goodnight <laughs> to God. I
2: just just I'm done. <laughs> well I mean you're
0: obviously getting what you need out of that that morning time then. And you're not feeling <laughs> the like of,
2: there's maybe the act of slipping into sleep is enough of a of a good night to God <laughs> in my opinion. I think I think he gets the message. Did your uh,
0: desire to connect with people through servicing your community start from a pretty young age because i remember being a very young boy and every time i would go visit you often i would go with you to the convalescent home and you would spend time with people there so much and just and which i always thought was like so nice because i'm sure a lot of those people didn't have anyone visiting them and you uh always seem to take the time to do that.
1: Right. Um, when when I was in... High, I went to a Catholic high school and got connected with a priest who was in the inner city. And I went down to the inner city on a bus. Mm-hmm. And I cannot believe my mother let me do that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't... I just... It was wild, but I, in high school, I, I was very committed to service, and uh, considered a, a vocation. And uh, actually, I wanted to be a priest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Couldn't do that, and I thought about being. Uh, sister, but uh, the problem was that I was dating this handsome man I married and I knew that I would be distracted and this probably wouldn't work out Mm -hmm. because I was interested in um, uh, a relationship with a man. And the other thing is I knew that if I became a sister, all I wanted to do was move up and be principal and maybe in charge of everything. I said, you don't have a vocation. You're supposed to be humble. I said, okay, I don't have a vocation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so um, I decided that that wasn't exactly my calling.
2: Sure. But still, you know, living a life of... of uh, service to others. Yes, always. Yeah, which is its own spiritual vocation in a way. Yes. Um, I have a question for you that you can answer as little as or as much as you'd like, and or you cannot answer at all. Um, but I'm curious if you've had, you know, moments in your life when you, you know in your adult life or maybe when you're younger, um, you know, of doubt or yes. like a or a, you know a dark night of the soul, so to speak, and yes. sort of what that. Look like for you.
1: Yes. Um, most uh, recently, uh, we moved from Scottsdale to come up to Portland, and we expected it to be, it was a um, definite uh, spiritual reason that we came. Mm-hmm. We, we, we didn't have a church and we didn't have our family and we didn't have our community. And that was more important than a beautiful house in the sun.
4: Mm-hmm. So,
1: and we felt, I particularly felt that this was the right God thing to do. And our house sold in two days. And I said, oh yeah,
0: yeah it's God's all happening. into this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's listening.
1: And then we moved up here. We couldn't find a house. Right. We didn't and I was so disappointed in that lack of trust and faith and everything's fine. And uh Dan actually invited me to do this uh this summer and I said, I can't do that. I'm lost <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I'm not trusting right and I felt really bad about it every day it, but it didn't seem to help it's <laughs> sure. like why isn't this working and and I, I, I did uh, I did try to pray every morning but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't good.
0: Patience never gets easier. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, yeah. And I, I was so disappointed in myself because I know better and I believe, and yet I had none of those good feelings.
0: Sure. But then you, uh, I remember when you came back from that retreat though, and you oh. you seem to have this shift again where you're oh. really excited and you're like, now I'm ready. We can talk about the good word now. Yeah, you know, I'm, exactly. I'm I'm filled with the Holy Spirit again. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think I even told Andrew um, that I found comfort in some way, knowing that it always doesn't make sense to you. Right. You know, that it's right. always this uh,
2: consistent
0: yeah. thing that you have to. Tap into and, and yeah. analyze and reflect upon to uh, make mm. the connection
1: yeah, true
0: the work never stops
1: that's true on on the retreat <laughs> this uh, Bill Zoki, who is a, an incredible spiritual director and retreat mm-hmm. master uh, he gave us an example that stayed with me and changed started changing everything. Uh, he said their little boy moved in across the street from me, and he's in kindergarten. And his mom and dad came out every day, teaching him how to play ball, and they'd throw the ball to him, and he couldn't catch it.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And he'd pick it up, and and do it again, Dad. I'll try, I'll try again. Mm -hmm. And he kept, he couldn't catch it. And so over and over he'd throw it back. Dad, Mom, give me another chance. I'm going to catch, I'm going to learn how to catch this.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. And I thought, that's it. That's exactly what was happening is... God was throwing the ball every day to me this summer, and I didn't catch it. Right. And I felt so bad about it, and I felt more like a sinner. Sure. And this little boy just said, I'll try again. Right. He didn't, and his mom and dad were thrilled with him because he was trying. They weren't mad at him because he didn't catch the ball. And that just, that that was so helpful to me that I needed to throw the ball back
2: and not give up. When it sounds like to me that, you know, it wasn't that you were disconnected from God through lack of trying. It just, you know, life is, life is finicky like that. And there's a spiritual notion that I really like that. I mean, spiritual New Agey—I don't know what you want to call it—but basically, just that the growth is in the return, right? So it's in the throwing the ball back and saying, I'll, "Exactly," I'll try but again. I wasn't
1: throwing the ball back.
2: Well, cause a- except you were the next your, day, you were beating yourself up for the not catching it, right?
1: So we had a private time with our with Bill zalki on the retreat, mm-hmm. and I said, "Oh, I get what I was doing, but how how many times or how quick do I have to throw the ball back?" And he said, you got to pick it up right away. You can't stand there, sit there in the car or in the house, moaning and groaning that you don't have a house and nobody cares. You have to pick up the ball right away and throw it back. Yeah. I said, oh, that's what went
4: wrong.
0: Because that's the only thing you have control over, I guess.
1: Is mm-hmm. trying again. But right away, he said.
2: But at the same time, I think it's important to, yes, right away, there's, you know, that other adage of, like, you know, best time to uh, plant a tree was 100 years ago, second best time is right now. So if you miss the chance, you know, again, you can stew on, like, oh, I should I should have picked the ball up and thrown it back and tried again, and I didn't, but it's like, okay, but what but what about right now? Right, exactly. You, you're, If you, at the moment that you recognize that this is happening, it's like you're saying, okay, now's the time to... Now's the time to return.
1: See, but what I did was ruin every day. Right. Because I didn't get to throw the ball back till the next day.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: And he's just pick up the ball, throw it back now.
2: Right. You were calling every day a wash, saying, like, ah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> morning some... rituals didn't go well today, so. <laughs>
0: Sometimes you have to throw the ball a different distance too. Oh, it's like not always the that thing was, that the I think you even maybe mentioned that that the line is always moving and that distance is always changing.
1: And that's how I feel about the marriage relationship now. It's getting harder. <laughs> you know?
0: That's not comforting, grandma. That's <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm ju- I'm just teasing you. Uh,
1: um
0: What's up, Francis? Is Grandpa home? Seems like it.
1: He says he can't go because he's got a leash. I'll get him. Um, Yeah, so the thing is once you learn to throw the ball back and and you actually catch it, Mm -hmm. great. But then then dad moves back farther and it's harder to catch mm-hmm. so it's never it's never that we get it there's always right. more to learn
2: yeah absolutely and so yeah, that that, that was the
1: other i'm glad you remembered that dan
2: <laughs> it's interesting life is funny that way where you have you know you'll have maybe these these little epiphanies or these moments of intense clarity yeah where you're like oh i get it yeah. but then on the other side of that is realizing the more the more that I get it the less that I get it exactly. essentially the harder it, it's getting to understand exactly but that's the sort of beautiful like um, dance of life and yeah. dance of like a spiritual journey is that like you said there's always more to know there's always room to grow um, and it's never gonna be it's never gonna be the same like how boring would it be if one day you had the epiphany and then you just sure. went oh I guess I got it, I got it, right. and, uh, and we can. This is a wrap. This is a wrap. It like we'll just sleep. live the rest of my life in this state of being. I mean, it's just yeah, it's it's like eating uh, it's like eating vanilla ice cream every day for the rest of your life. It's it's just not it's that's not how I think God intended it to be. So well, we, I think that's a great we're, metaphor. We're never finished, right?
1: We're growing, learning, becoming more, and as you. As this happens, you realize how little you know. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How little.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the... uh, What you know is just a drop, a in, drop the, in the ocean, and the
1: ocean is right. what
2: you don't know.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Yep. Absolutely. And then the rest of the universe is what you don't know that you don't know. But, yeah, so, there's... I mean, there doesn't yeah. leave much
0: to, to seek or to change or to appreciate if if everything is always rosy we talked about that with live a little bit too
2: yeah sometimes you need those moments of of doubt or sadness or uncertainty or whatever i mean that's where you grow that's right that's those are the moments for growth that's um, true. on on a big scale within yourself and so yeah we were just having this conversation with my roommate on thursday where it's like part of my you know journey is is learning to cherish the sadness as a gift
3: exactly as an
2: opportunity for me to grow as a and, and learning to to take on the challenges of life as an opportunity to learn and grow as opposed to this is something in my way that's getting in the way of me being happy yeah it's like life isn't this is something I love about Peter Rollins I don't know if you know who I that don't. is but he's a great Christian theologian and philosopher and one of his main core messages is life isn't a You know, in America, we think life is about being happy all the time. Life is not about being happy all the time. That's not even, that wouldn't even be a meaningful life necessarily. Life is about accepting what is, it's about growing, it's about using challenges to become a better person and to love people better and to serve better. And you can't do that if you're just gonna be happy all the time. And that's not to say that happiness and joy aren't beautiful things that we should cherish as well. Um, but if you just are hyper focused on that, you're missing out on a lot of what life is about and a lot of what can be taught to you through okay, Andrew, the trials of life.
1: You've, you've hit the nail on the head. My, good job. my charism <laughs> is joy. Mm-hmm. I love to be joyful and I think I'm supposed to be joyful. I am not into the suffering thing at sure. all. And That's where my growth has to be. And I'm seeing that the the hard parts are part of the journey that needs to be accepted. Mm -hmm. Everything that you said, that's exactly where I'm trying to grow.
2: Sure. And how much richer is joy when you've seen the opposite yes and lived through that yeah. so i think life is sort of interesting in that way i mean there's this there's this dualistic nature to it you know no light without the <coughs> darkness so to speak yes but then there's an integration that's deeper than joy i think and i think joy is wonderful and i as someone who's not necessarily a, a beaming ball of joy all the time <laughs> i really appreciate joyous people in my life because they they bring a lot of value to me um but I do I do think that there's a step even beyond that where it's sort of like, yeah, you, you've sort of learned a way to reconcile all of it all together. I think that's something that Jesus probably did, you know?
1: But what I am trying to think about is being joyful in the gift of suffering, mm. being glad right. that I have the opportunity to suffer and... And lift that yeah. up as a gift.
2: You're mindful of the bigger picture instead of being so and stuck in, oh, poor me I'm for not, this there. not going my way.
1: I'm not there. Sure. I'm, I'm working.
2: <laughs> we're yeah, all working. We're all <laughs> working on it. We're all, yeah, I talk a big talk, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's <laughs> a lot of see, talk. You see me run down the street sometimes. It's not so good. <laughs>
0: um, it's also just uh, seeing the strength and weakness, too, I think is a big mm-hmm. big part of it because yeah. I don't know you exemplify grandma this this light on the hill thing to me you know and you are someone I recognize as being this incredibly joyful person and uplifting and and it's hard to not usually be in a good mood when I like when I'm with you <laughs> for that reason but I think on the flip side i I think some of those moments where I've had these conversations with you when you're not in that amazing spirit have been just as powerful just to connect with the humanity of that.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Something I'm trying to learn. <laughs> And I, every once in a while, I say, how long, oh Lord, is it going to take for me to learn? (laughs) And it's never over. (laughs) How long, oh Lord?
0: (laughs) I'm curious because, um, I've brought a lot of different people around you and I've seen you interact with a lot of different people and you always seem to have an appreciation for the uniqueness of somebody or um, you've just always come across to me as, as one of the least judgmental people I've ever met. And I think that's such a, a huge teaching of Jesus's that gets overlooked quite a bit. Right. Um, how do you feel like that developed for you? Were you always around a variety of different kinds of people, all walks of life?
1: No. No, no, no. I, I don't think I did anything. I think possibly it's a gift.
0: It's definitely a gift. That's for (laughs) sure.
1: I don't think I did anything. It's just, um, I, I believe that everyone, uh, needs, love and affirmation and there's it's easy to give
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah especially if you're cultivating it within yourself then you should have plenty overflowing for others
1: right but I, I think Dan you see me when I'm with others I'm not that great by myself <laughs> Oh my. <laughs> but um, people are a real gift to me. I I really, I was glad that I was going to be with Andrew and I, I don't even remember except a little bit. And I thought, oh, it'd be great to be with Andrew. <laughs> so it, people are a gift to me and I love being with them and hope that... Um, I can uh, help them be relaxed and enjoy being together.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So,
0: yeah, I think you've you seem to make it easy for people to be at ease and be themselves and uh, find a way to connect with them for sure. So, it's very it's very easy to to want to bring people around you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, bring them on. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: do you feel like there's any other significant moments along your journey that might be insightful for people listening or things that have, uh, that kind of keep you in tune with, uh, all of the teachings. And
1: I, I think though one thing that um, uh, Catholic's treasure is that we are a community, and we are going to God together. and when I can't pray, you can pray for me. So mm. we are we are not so much I people, we're yeah. we people, and we we feel like we are the mystical body. We are, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and community is so important to me. And that's why we came back because we could not find community in Scottsdale.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And that doesn't mean there wasn't one, but sure, it just it didn't work for us. It wasn't clicking. But uh, community is very, very important. For Catholics and for me, uh, and
2: uh, yeah, I think for everyone. There's this uh, movie that I really like. It's based on a book. It's called Cloud Atlas. And there's a quote in there where they, this person says, "From from womb to tomb, we're bound to others." Um, and I think that that's so true. And and even if you look at like a a partnership, a life partnership, a marriage, you know, you're gonna have moments where, similar to what you were talking about with prayer, like moments where like one person in the partnership is is kind of down and it's going to need the love and support of exactly. the other partner, yeah. but that's, that script is going to be flipped someday exactly. where you're going to be down and you're going to need the love and support of your partner. That's right. And yeah, it is, it is only through the connections and the love and the community that we have that we are able to get through these things. And, and I think that's why people who are dealing with like something really difficult, like addiction or something like, the antidote to addiction is not, and the, this is actually based on scientific studies, the antidote to addiction is not just not using. The antidote to addiction is love and connection.
1: And that's why the 12-step program works so beautifully. Right.
2: Because it, it brings a community of people together. Wonderful. Struggling with the same thing. And yeah. now they feel, oh, I'm not alone yes. in this. Yes. So now they can overcome it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's wonderful.
1: And we're having uh it's difficult for us catholics who go to mass every sunday and see our community and we can't do that right so we yeah, we have limited numbers in our church mm-hmm. and so the few people we've got tape on the on the pews and you sit far apart from each other mm-hmm. and only so many can come in, Mm -hmm. and the church is practically empty,
4: Mm -hmm.
1: our community's not there. But luckily, our church is open so we can go on a limited basis, and some of the churches haven't been able to find a way to do that. Sure. But our community is not gathering, and we're all hurting from that. Sure. We love it when we're all together. Yeah. Give the kiss of peace, and...
0: hug each other (laughs) yeah andrew and i i think probably struggling in a similar way of missing our music gatherings and what that the the communal experience of being in a crowd together especially if there's a lot of singing along parts where you just feel a great sense of community
2: yes but also like jesus says you know wherever two or three gather in my name that's the church that's that's it so there's value in the music venue and getting to you know go see a band that everybody loves with hundreds of people there's value in in going to mass and going to the you know a beautiful church um and and getting to experience that but um yeah it's also important to remember and uh, this is more for myself that it's like but there's also god is in the is in the small connections too uh, and if 2020 has taught me anything, it's to not over, don't overlook that because um, it's easy, it's easy to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I think that's been a a big reason why we've been so diligent about doing this every week with each other too. Yeah. Just because it's been this has very been a, therapeutic and cathartic kind of,
2: to. An absolute rock for, for this year, for sure.
1: So that's the question I wanted to ask both of you. You're on a spiritual journey that sounds uh, rather private. So, um, how how do you share that with other people?
2: Um, oh. I mean, this podcast is one of the ways that we're doing it. Yes, you know, it the is podcast. It, it is a private thing. It's difficult to communicate, but I think by getting together every week and trying to put it into words of you know how how we're doing in our lives and our on our spiritual paths what you know what do I what do I actually believe? what do I actually stand for? you know it's difficult when you're doing it you know I I feel like for now in my life um, organized religion is not for me.
1: I understand that but
2: that doesn't mean that a relationship with God is not for me a relationship with God very much is for me that's what I've come to to recognize. So, but trying to parse that out outside of a religious structure can be confusing and difficult. That's my question. So, yeah. So, so how
1: how do you share that?
2: Right, where's the community in it? Yes, it's right here, Grandma. Yeah, <laughs> it's right here and in it, this circle. <laughs> and if there's one thing that I missed the most about um, about you know going to church every Sunday, it was the community. And and I think my darkest night of the soul was leaving the church and being so confused of like, well, who am I without the community of these like-minded people? And so it's something that now for the last, you know, almost decade of my life, I've just had to piece together on my own through finding people like Dan and other like-minded people who I feel like I can be open and honest and vulnerable with. And that includes, um, you know, people that are religious as well, but there are a lot of people who, you know, especially like evangelical Christians, who if I said like, well, I really, you know, I really love the teachings of Jesus, and then I said some of the other more mystical things that I think about, they would be like, get out of here and <laughs> don't ever talk to me again. <laughs> don't and yeah, you shouldn't be speaking Jesus's name or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just you know, for me, I I very much lean into the mystery. And anybody who's willing to do that with me, regardless of if you are a part of a, a religious group or not, uh, if you're willing to lean into the mystery with me, then I think we can be, you know, in, in communion together so, with God.
1: So, you? do you have other people besides the podcast that you share with or talk to?
2: Sure. Yeah. Good. I mean, it's a small group, but Good. Good. but yeah, there are, there are people, and Dan is one of those people, so... Yeah, I think for the most
0: part, I have found my aside outside of this, because I think Andrew and I both are pretty vulnerable and raw with our feelings or how we're doing when doing this podcast, especially when it's just he and I. And we're talking more about how we're doing with life, you know, when it's not so focused on maybe the guest that Uh, we have on. Right. And but also just trying to try to surround myself with as many of those people in my life as possible like all of my friends hopefully are people that I can be vulnerable with and reach out for this connection um I don't know I don't know that the uh showing up to the place the church ever Spoke to me that much. Right. I guess. It's I understand. That part. Like I've found my. My altar in my church. Within myself. Or in other places. I suppose. Right. And. Uh, I don't feel like I'm. Missing. Anything. Right. And I'm still. Thriving to be better. And connect with my own. Relationship. With God. Or. Tapping into that energy. And analyzing my own spirituality as much as possible. And I think a big part of that for me has just been listening to others. That has been the biggest part of it.
1: That's great. Wonderful. Being open, listening.
0: Yeah. And that's another thing that you seem to pick up from an early age that it's, uh, it's about the personal, relationship and uh i think there's a lot of a lot of obviously there's a lot of great things within a a church community but it also in some places just seems like a lot of the message is getting missed right i don't i don't like that part and we've talked yeah we've talked a lot just about how many of these people who go
1: to church every sunday
0: (laughs) yeah but also like how many of these people that identify as being a white supremacist or a you know a racist person also identify as Christians. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that
2: Yeah, they're incongruent. Yeah. You know, it, 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 really it just seems
0: like work. the message gets gets missed a lot. And while I appreciate some of the rituals, um the amount of time I've got to spend with you and grandpa in your house. And I'm like, so appreciative for the amount of time I got to, to live with you guys and be with you on a daily basis. Like I, I love that you to pray before every meal and just like, take that time to show appreciation, the intention. And I try to carry that over, I guess, however I can into my life.
1: Wonderful thank you yeah so dan lived with us for a year and then he a went a couple wait a minute yeah he lived with us for a year then he said i'm gonna get an apartment so he left for a year and then he came back and he says could i move back and we said yes <laughs> we loved it come too.
2: on in <laughs> yeah someone else to walk francis around from time to time <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's forever a a treasured and important.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Important time for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you have just, like I said at the beginning of this, you have been a a powerful, positive force in my life. Thank you. And uh, I think you get to often you get to make a, a different connection with your grandparents than you have with your parents.
2: Right. That's and true. uh right, the grandparents dish out a lot of candy and sweetness, and <laughs> the bet. parents have to dish, what out, do you dish want, out some Dan, discipline. I got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I just remember from uh,
0: being being a young dude that you were always filled with adventure, and you would take me places, and just uh leaning into the the <laughs> oh, mystery and the unknown of things. You took so me fun. on hikes as we, a kid. We went, we went
1: on his first hike, and we're getting the things ready to go, and. And Dan said, well, gonna have pop? And I said, oh, Dan, only have water on a hike. Oh, okay, Grandma.
2: <laughs> and to this so day, funny. when I go on hikes with Dan, he's he says, should I bring a Coca-Cola? And I it's say, no, water. Daniel. <laughs> water. No, you don't drink. You don't really drink soda much. Not nor, anymore. Nor yeah, do here I. Here like, there, but. Um, yeah, I love that. That's great uh grandma
0: is there i i should have asked you this before but is there is there a particular reading or verse from the bible that is significant to you that you hold near and dear oh my it doesn't have to be even one if there's a few is it maybe just something that uh you think is an important teaching or
2: Actually, have a Bible right here too,
1: well, in case the, you wanted to listen to. If I can read it, Philippians this morning. Oh my gosh, love this. It's uh, Paul to the Philippians, and Which, I don't uh, know the number. Oh, okay, and it's um, don't worry, and it's if there is anything that is true. or, um, shoot, um, genuine, or think about those good things. And we need that now. There's so much going on, and we're so negative. Um... I'm I'm sorry, I don't know.
0: Oh, it's okay. I blew it. I put you on the spot without. I forgot to do this before we started.
1: I can't remember. um, I should be able to say it better. Was this morning scripture? Um, I'm trying to. My, uh, (laughs) my psalm. If I, uh, if I'm I keep forgetting everything, Dan. But my favorite psalm, I'm going to try to remember. Um, oh, you will show me the path of life, fullness of joy in your presence. That is my favorite psalm, because God will show us the way to go. And we will be full of joy when we are in God's presence. And that is true. Every morning, sitting in God's presence, we are filled with the peace and love. It's, it's beautiful. So that's, that's my favorite psalm. And um, yeah. I can't think of a particular scripture right now.
2: Well I think that's great I think that that you know uh, so many spiritual teachers are pointing to the same thing and I think that taps into a big piece of it which is just you know you're not gonna you're not gonna find uh, you're not gonna find God in some future state or God is not to be found in some kind of destination that you have to journey to God's presence is in the present yes it's in the now yeah that's the sacred moment and if you can tap into that that's where you find the kind of love that overflows where you can then yeah. you know serve others and serve humanity in a meaningful way which you know i think love and serving others is it's ultimately is kind of the the pinnacle meaning of life so but it's easier said than done it's really so, e- easy to say it's hard to do
1: my my quest is to live in the presence of God,
4: mm-hmm.
1: being aware that God is present with us to, to be there all the time. Yeah. And you were talking about, um, uh, Oh, the, the prayer five or six times a day Yeah. there, the, um, I read, uh, um, um, Chidester. She's a, Benedictine Nun. Mm-hmm. And she wrote um, The Benedictine Way for lay people, And one of the chapters is how every time the bells ring, they stopped and remembered what they were about, mm. remembered God's presence. So I read the book and I said, Andrew, I want a chiming clock. So that every time it chimed, I could stop.
2: Yeah, and and, remember.
1: And the clock doesn't work anymore. But I love that idea. Every hour, the chiming of a clock, you can stop and remember God is present. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I would love to live in the presence of God. And...
2: Well, it seems like you're doing a, a pretty good you job. You
1: only do that when you stop and be quiet. Yeah. And I'm a yuckety-yuckety-yuck. <laughs> uh, Let's be yeah. with some people now.
0: <laughs> well, I think I think one of the most significant moments as that I've had with you as, as an adult was you uh, kind of breaking down the God is love thing to me on an airplane ride we had back from Florida. Yes. and uh I don't know what i've I've brought it up on this podcast numerous times, but I don't know what it was about that moment you just explaining this very simple thing to me about God is love, and I've kind of uh that is carried over with me heavy and just trying to when I'm doing something or of of significance of thinking is there is there love in this
3: wow,
1: beautiful
0: so thank you for for all of the the nuggets of of goodness that you have uh not only shared with us on this this episode of bible buds but just like what you have given to me in my my everyday life is is incredibly significant and i'm just eternally grateful for your presence
1: thank you dan you are loved
2: <laughs> i feel it you are your love loved too Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. thank you so much yes we and are loved yeah thank you for sitting down with us today to to chat with us this was a lot of fun so thank you um
0: yeah i would put all the links for my grandma's instagram and twitter but she's she's a smarter woman than that she doesn't have these these social media things to distract Frivelous her. tools from life but you smoke <laughs> pray love in there
2: and then you go and you bless up
0: and you don't be a racist and you follow Jesus's teachings into the light. Um, is there anything you'd like to to leave us with, Grandma? Feel good about what we've done here today. This communal experience,
1: absolutely. Good. Very, very good. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. So
1: we'll just add a joyful hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah,
0: <laughs> amen. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, you will uh, grace us with your presence in the future of doing this because we we plan on you know. Keeping our our Sunday church going, oh, that's right, beautiful, yeah, thank you, thank you, grandma. Love you so much, and uh we'll be back, yeah, with another fresh episode,
1: I'm, Dan, I'm proud of what you're doing that's beautiful thank, thank you.
0: you you're i I mean it when I say that I can't imagine that you're not a big reason why I have some desire to do this or connect with uh with people on this level, thank you, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all the links in the episode notes, so you can send us an email if you'd like, you know, if you want to feel some of that, that grandma Winnie, Holy spirit, keep tuning in.
2: <laughs> there you go. Hallelujah. Thanks. Grandma.
0: That was fun. Wow.
1: That was fun. Well, I was. Uh...